What You Missed on Weekend Mornings with Jason Dacey. This is Money FM 89.3, the Fitwell segment. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by a colleague, Jamie Meldrum, Senior Program Director, KISS FM and 1FM on SBH Radio. How he halved his weight to become a triathlon. triathlete. Welcome to Weekend Mornings. Morning. So what a story. Three years ago, you were 240 kilograms. And today you're sitting in front of me at 100 kg or thereabouts. Yep. How did you do it? That is an incredible transformation. Well, the first thing I did was uh, I did some juice fasting, which is, you know, I mean, juice, uh, these juice cleansers are kind of trendy, but this is a slightly different thing. Uh, so basically what I did was uh, I saw an, uh, a really interesting movie called Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead. Uh, with an Aussie guy by the name of Joe Cross and talked about how he transformed his health because he was fat, sick and nearly dead uh, through a juice fast where he had the cameras follow him around as he drove around the US for 60 days and, and, you know, tried out this juice fasting thing and it works. So uh, basically for my first fast was 62 days. Wow. uh, And uh, I had nothing but uh, 80% vegetable juice and 20% fruit juice for those 62 days. So about three and a half liters a day and about the same amount of water. Well, let's back up here because uh, as you mentioned, you're uh, Australian, originally from Brisbane. Uh, and, you know, you were an active kid. You played rugby league. Uh, you know, you were really just a normal Aussie kid and you came here to Asia. But what happened? How did you get such a big uh, size body? You know, people knew you as a guy that was really, really big. What, what was that moment? Of course, you were inspired by something that you saw or you heard about. But what was that moment when you decided enough is enough? Uh, well, what happened, I mean, my weight had sort of yo-yoed from my late teens all the way through until my early thirties. And you're a big guy, you're six foot three, you know, about 190, uh, I guess in the metric scale. Yeah. But, um, what happened was, I mean, my daughter was studying in Australia already and the, the, my other, my two sons were here, but my mum's, my wife's mum got ill. And so she had to go to Bangkok to take care of her. So I was basically left here in Singapore. And you were eating a lot of stuff, right? Just, you know, whatever, just junk and, Mm. you know. And uh, I suddenly realized, hang on a second, if I don't take care of myself, then how am I going to take care of everyone else? Because at this point, I'm having to take care of my daughter, my two sons, my wife, her mother, and me. You know, so that was like, okay, I've got to do something about this. And it actually all started when I saw on uh, on the CNN website an interview with, believe it or not, Bill Clinton. Because <laughs> he lost a lot of weight, didn't he, former President Bill Clinton? Yeah, well, he did that. He met a, a doctor by the name of Esselstyn. And uh, Dr. Esselstyn was a former cardiac surgeon, a well-respected cardiac surgeon, who one day realized that all he was doing was treating people's symptoms. So mm. he'd be cracking their chest open and giving them heart bypasses and all the rest of it. And he realized that, you know, he's going to stitch these people back together. They're going to walk out. They're going to keep eating the way that they were eating, and they're just going to mm. get sick all over again. And you became a vegan, right? Yeah. Well, what, what happened was <laughs> while I was doing this first juice fast, I was trying to figure out what you know, I should be doing when I go back to regular eating to eat, you know, I was searching for what was the healthiest diet. Mm. Uh, and it turns out that the one that, that, you know, is the, the one that's proven over the longer term with many, many, many studies to have the best health effects is plant-based and whole foods. Mm. So unprocessed, 
uh, you know, it doesn't all have to be raw or, you know, I don't go crazy like that. But, yeah. you know, you just try and stay away from processed foods and I don't mm. I don't eat any animal products. Well, not on purpose anyway. Right. Occasionally, you know. Someone you, will slip something in. <laughs> yeah, or something will be, you know, labelled as one yeah. thing but it's another yeah, thing. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I stay away from all the animal products as well. But, no, the transformation was amazing. And after that juice fast, was it 62 days, did you mm. say? How much weight did you lose then? Uh, I don't know exactly because my scales didn't go up. Uh, high enough, <laughs> but I, I, it looks like it was somewhere around 70 kilos. Mm. Uh, and then I took a 30 day break where I just ate, you know, try, tried experimenting with the, the plant based yeah. diet. And then I did another 32 days, then took another 30 day break, then did another 28 days. And by the end of that, I was down around about a hundred in the sort of mid 120s. Right, right. So that was a big, big change. Uh, and people were treating you differently. I'm sure you felt a lot better. But how to keep the journey going? Well, what I did was at the beginning, I really didn't exercise mm. because I was just too big and it was too, you yeah. know, it was too painful because the, you know, the thing a lot of people don't realize is when you're that big, you're, it, you're in chronic pain, both physical and, you know, mental and emotional. Mm-hmm. So it's a very tough thing. And then as the weight was coming off, I just waited until I actually started to feel like I wanted to exercise. And you're a sports fan. You love sports, yeah, right? Naturally. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, first of all, I just started walking. You know, and then I started walking further and further, and then after a while, I thought, you know what? Because I, I, I used to ride a bicycle a lot when I was when I was younger. Mm. I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll get a bike and I'll just start going for a ride occasionally. Or I, and then I started just riding to work. It's only like three and a half k mm. either way, so mm-hmm. it's sort of fifteen minutes yep. to and from work. Yeah, and then I started to enjoy that. So I thought, oh, my, maybe I'll you know actually start to ride a bit more frequently. And I ended up sort of riding about five days a week, I would get up quite early in the morning, sort of three or four in the morning before work and go for a proper ride, you know, and mm-hmm. I'd do sort of 75K three times a week and 100K on Saturday and 100 on Sunday. But that's quite a shift from just riding three and a half K to work to actually becoming a very serious cyclist. How do you think that happened? Well, it just it just built up over time. Mm. Like at first, I, you know, when I started to ride further, it was like 50K was like, oh my God, wow. <laughs> How yeah. did I do that? You yeah, know? yeah. Um, so you're surprising yourself because you you know you're a yeah. big fat. You'd been this big fat guy that no one had ever think about playing sports. Suddenly you're on the bike and you're getting decent distances under your belt. Yeah, and you know it sort of builds up your your confidence as you go mm. along, and then as you feel better and you see the results, you don't want to let it slip. Ah, so it builds on itself. Yeah, so it's a self reinforcing. So. So when did you start about uh, looking at triathlons and doing races and, and getting into this phase? Because we're talking about a process of around three, three and a half years. Aren't we? Yeah. Well, I, I'd originally been interested in triathlon when I very first came to Singapore, which is 21 years ago now. And how much did you weigh then? And were you then, a big guy then I was probably uh, somewhere in 120. Okay. So you weren't massively obese, but you're a bit, bit heavy. Yeah, a bit heavy. Um, but uh, and, and I started to train a bit, but back then the you know the resources weren't around. Mm. The you know the yeah different Singapore wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean you didn't have all the apps and everything yeah, that you yeah. have now and and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, but then as I went through the cycling, and then I thought you know maybe I could start to give triathlon another go. And so towards the end of 2016, I decided to get serious. And I there's a there's an app that uh, a lot of the endurance athletes use called Training Peaks. And uh, what that is is basically a, 
you know, your your data from your cycling or your running or your swimming, et cetera, all gets uploaded to that. And if you have a coach, then he can see all the back end and then he programs all your workouts through that app. So whenever you need to know what you've got to do for the day, you just open up the app and there it is. Isn't it great how technology has really made working out and training and competing a lot more interesting? Well, it's fantastic because, I mean, I don't have a lot of time. I, I really don't have the time to devote to – one, learning what it is exactly that I need to be doing and two, spending the time analysing what I've been doing to know what I should be doing next, you right, know. Right. It's, it, there's a lot, it's of, a lot of work involved. Oh, yeah, especially for triathlon mm. because, you know, it's, it's an endurance event and, like, not a short endurance event. It's a long endurance event. And we should point out that you want to eventually go in Kona, the Hawaiian um, Ironman, which is uh, – a 3.8K swim, 180 kilometers on the bike, and a full marathon of 42.2 kilometers. So that's your ultimate goal. You've done two minis or halves. So this is what you're aiming for. So you need to be really strategic about it, don't you? Yeah. You, I mean, you, you, for the world championships in Kona, you have to qualify. So basically that means you need to be on the podium in your age group at, you know, races. There are races all over the world where there are qualifying spots up for grabs. And you're turning 49 soon. You turn 50 next year. So yep. you'd probably be in that above 50, 50 to 54. Yeah, right? next next year I'll be 50 to 54. So I figure the longer I keep going, <laughs> the chance. better chance I've got of <laughs> right. qualifying. So, um, you know, but, but the shorter term goal will be to qualify for the, the half Ironman World Championships, the 70.3 World Championships. Right, right. Um, so, you know, I mean, uh, you've got to be realistic because it's a hell of a thing you know it's mm. it's not a small thing just being fit enough to cover that distance in one go you know that takes for someone especially coming from where i was yeah you know that's why the it, it's been a two-year goal just to be able to complete the distance mm, mm. so my goal for last year was the half iron man which i did my first one in in bustleton in western australia and how do you feel when you cross the finish line pretty good pretty good late uh, or were you just too tired to feel like that? No, well, the legs are a bit sore, but, you know, and it was the first time I'd ever run a half marathon, mm. you know, and I did it after I did a, you know, yeah. a 1.9K swim and a 90K bike, so I was right pretty up, happy with that. Yeah. And then when I go back to Bustleton again this year, it'll be the first time I've ever run a marathon, <laughs> but it'll be after a 3.8K swim and a 180K bike. Yeah, and that's in December. So this is going to be the first full Ironman that you're going to do with the goal ultimately to go to Kona and do that one. Yeah. So – Talk about uh, some of the training that you're doing now and how you're working with your coach and just how it's transformed your life. And really, your whole life is around training now well, and work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, basically, I mean, I would rather train early in the morning because, mm. it, it, you know, it's just nicer and it's good to start the day that way. But because of my responsibilities with the radio stations, yes. I need to be listening to the breakfast shows. Yep. And you can't do that in the pool. No. And it's not safe <laughs> to do it on the bike. Definitely not. No. So, you know, two out of the three sports, I can't really do it. So that means I have to train during the evening. Right. Um, but generally, it's uh, usually about three swim sessions a week, uh, usually uh, sort of a minimum of 2.5K, 2,500 metres in each session, you know, and as I get closer to the, the full Ironman towards the end of the year, that'll ramp up to, you know, mm. 4,000 metres, sometimes even 5,000 metres in a session. Um, then there's normally three cycling uh, sessions as well, um, but nearly all of them, because I, I have a run focus, one, one of the first things you have to do in triathlon is you have to do a lot of what they call brick sessions. And they are where you do two of the sports 
back-to-back as you would in a race, usually it's the bike into the run. Mm. And there's a very good reason Which for that. Which is very tricky, right? It's, a, it's not a comfortable transition. No. If you don't do enough bricks during training, you can literally jump off the bike to go to run and just fall to the ground in a heap because you get what they, <laughs> they call jelly legs, which is pretty self-explanatory. And, and you mentioned something called Frankensteining as well. Yes, that's the terrible one. I've only ever seen one person <laughs> with that. And basically, you know, from the waist down, every muscle in your legs cramps up. <laughs> so can't you, be nice. No, so you can't, like, you can't bend your leg one way or the other. You can't lift mm. your toes or push them down or anything. It's just it's completely cramped. <laughs> it's and all so, stiff. <laughs> yeah, so you walk like Frankenstein, you know. So, I, oh. But if you do regular bricks, and at the moment, I, th- none of my ride sessions are just a bike session. At the moment, every time I get on the bike, I know I'm going to have to run afterwards. Pain. <laughs> yeah. So like yesterday, for example, I had a 90K bike and mm. followed by an 11K run with mm. a bunch of intervals. So, mm. um, But generally, so you've got sort of the three, uh, so three swims, three bike and runs, and then uh, usually uh, there'll be like a pace-focused, a speed-focused uh, run interval session. Mm. And traditionally on a Sunday, there's a long, easy run. Wow. So, you know. <laughs> I've got, but finally, I want to ask you, you know, what's it like to have seen yourself transform like that? And what kind of reaction do you get from people who only knew Jamie Meldrum, the big fat guy who w- wasn't a sportsman, to this guy who's going to hopefully be doing Kona? Well, the funniest one, a couple of times, like there was people I hadn't seen for months. Uh, and I would go and I'd see them and they literally didn't recognize me. <laughs> so what did you do? And I'd be like, hey, how you doing? They're, yeah, good. And it's like, why is this person talking to me like they know me? And who are you? And I go, oh, it's Jamie. And they're what? <laughs> they nearly fall over. You know, that happened a good two or three times. Oh, how does so. that make you feel when that happens? That's great, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I don't sort of dwell on it, but, you know, because my focus is sort of, Elsewhere, yeah, you know, yeah, it's just yeah. keeping things moving forwards. Mm. Um, and, you know, just really like I'm still working on the diet, you know, getting it, getting it right and getting the balance because when you're training that much, you know, you do need to take in a lot of calories. Um, so finding out what works best for you to help, you know, because I still need to trim down. I still, mm. you know, I could still afford to lose another 10 or 15 kilos. There's always another way to go, isn't there, when you're in this kind of process? Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, especially with endurance sports and especially a sport where, you know, the run is the last mm. thing you do, mm. any weight that you can lose is advantageous because it's less kilos that you have to lug around, you know. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to make it as easy for me as possible to finish that marathon at the end. But the problem is you can't train, and this is one of the key things that people misunderstand about about weight loss, is that exercise is great for uh, general health, well-being. It's also great for your mental well-being. Uh, it's great for all of those things. It's good for your heart. It's good for your brain. It's good for your eyes, your skin. Everything that you can think of benefits from physical exercise. But it's not the key to weight control. The key to weight control is what goes on the end of your fork. Yes, right? 100%. It's all about mm. what you eat mm. because there's a famous saying amongst athletes, and it's so true, you cannot outrun a bad diet. <laughs> you just cannot. If you, how many times have you heard stories about, oh, he was so fit and he was running mm, and do that and do that yeah, and then yeah. dropped dead of a yeah, heart attack. Yeah, there was what? a guy called Jim Fix. Remember him? He was a running yeah. guru, right? Yeah, and that's because... Diet. Yes, uh, because they're 
pumping them. So they, they go, oh, I need protein after the run, so I eat steak mm. and chicken and beef and oh, eggs okay, and all that sort of okay, stuff, right? Okay. And they end up with clogged up arteries mm. and they just have a heart attack. Oh. Whereas you can get, you know, where do you think the beef gets its protein from? It doesn't magically create it. It comes from the greens that it eats. Yeah. You know, there's more protein per calorie in broccoli than there is in beef, and it comes with the advantage of it's full of all of the the nutrients that you get in the plants as well, whereas, right. you know, meat is virtually devoid of nutrients other than protein. Well, I think I'm going to have a vegetarian meal after this, uh, this show. <laughs> well, you do better to, to make it vegan, yeah, not vegetarian. Yeah, I'm pescatarian, so I'm not too bad. But, Jamie, when you come back, uh, you're going to be hopefully qualifying for the Kona race. So uh, I want to find out more about your journey, but I really appreciate you sharing uh, some tips on Money FM weekend mornings.